the the sellers you work with or just um, from the industry? Yeah, I, I still think um, inventory planning is one of the biggest ones. Um, the reason I mention it is because it is just so painful when you run out of inventory. Um, for people that don't have like a, a plan, I would say have 60 days of inventory on the side. I know this is easy to say. Um, and a lot of people are like, yeah, it's easy for you to say that, right? But like, where am I going to pull out like money for 60 days of stock? You can use things like Wayflyer. Uh, Wayflyer are very affordable. You can essentially, you know, get the funding, buy a, a, a PO for your products um, and, you know, pay for that funding with your profits. If you're not profitable, it's not, you know, you're not going to get it anyways, but it's not advisable either way to get a loan when you're not profitable. But when you are profitable, you know, you can use other people's money just so you can have an additional 60 days of stock sitting on the side and then just kind of run through it. So send that 60 days to Amazon, replenish that 60 days. So worst case scenario, you have 30 days of stock, you know, at Amazon at all times, minimum, bare minimum, and 60 days of stock, you know, urgency stock. Um, I'm telling you, like, it may sound like a lot, but you will lose way more money running out of stock. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing uh, that I'm noticing is, you know, like margins are getting tight for a lot of brands. Um, and I think brands are like, they're not really proactively looking for all the ways that they can improve their margins. I think there's a lot of ways you can get creative. You can add variations to your listing that have like better margins to kind of leverage existing traffic. You're already getting those people into your listing. What if 10, 20% of them bought like this other thing that had a little bit more margin or this other thing that had a little bit more margin? So variations are great. Um, I think in negotiating with suppliers on better pricing, better terms, all of that stuff is going to help cash flow management. And I think going into 2024, cash flow is going to be incredibly important. So being very tight with that. One thing that I saw uh, last or you know this past year commonly, which I'm surprised about, is a lot of issues uh, during manufacturing make it to Amazon. So skipping inspections is definitely not something I would recommend. I did it when I first launched on Amazon. I skipped an inspection uh, and, you know, 60% of my first batch was completely destroyed. Um, I had to like, you know, message every single person that got a product and beg for forgiveness so I don't get like a bunch of like one-star reviews. So I would say Quality control uh, matters more than anything. What about PPC side? I mean, I know you guys do a lot of the advertising components for your clients. So like on the, the advertising side, advertising has become overwhelming for me. Like <laughs> I used to be more very hands-on with it. And now it's, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like some, some new release like every week. So I'm curious, you know, are there any areas where you've seen that there's some really common mistakes that maybe, maybe newer brands are doing or even the experienced ones or ones that just are not as in tune with their advertising? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see brands do is um, utilizing like multiple ad, ad types um, just for the sake of like utilizing them. So like sponsor product and sponsor brand and sponsor display. And uh, one of the issues of, of that is you have an organic uh, rank like right here. You put a sponsored ad and then, you, you know, let's say like you were getting 100 sessions. Now that you have a sponsored, maybe you're getting 120 sessions, you know, because it's like most of the people are seeing both and there's not that many more that are clicking on the sponsored. So how much did you spend for that, you know, sponsored rank versus how many additional sessions did you get? Because that's ultimately like your potential for making sales. Then you add a sponsored headline search ad on there. So now 
there's another opportunity for people to, to spend money, but then you go from 120 to maybe 125 sessions. Then you add a sponsored video, and now you know you're going to 128 sessions. So you essentially created three you know uh, opportunities for people to spend more money while only adding like a very small amount of you know new sessions that are ultimately turned into sales. So that's one thing that I've noticed. A lot of people will come to me and say, we should be utilizing video. I'm like, how do you know that we should be utilizing video? And um, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, we're not utilizing video right now. I'm going to spend $200 a day on video. And let's see what happens to total sales. We spend $200 a day on video. Total sales go up by $250. And it's like, oh, look at the video in Campaign Manager. It has an 8X ROAS. I told you this is a good idea. I'm like, are you sure this is a good idea? Because it looks to me like you only made you know, $250 more and your profits are actually less now. So I'm like, let's pause video. I pause video, profits are back up. And, you know, this is something that a lot of people miss is Amazon's attribution is, is uh, really bad, uh, at least from what I'm seeing, is you can have like one day you're increasing spend and then you notice that your PPC sales go down, but your total sales go up. And then you decrease spend and you notice that your PPC sales go up, but your total sales go down. So things don't move in the in like directions that make sense. And the only possible explanation is that attribution is off. And because attribution is off, it's also off when you look at sponsored products versus sponsored brand versus sponsored display, because it's essentially the same people clicking on organic, clicking on sponsored, you know, the different types, charging you money. But when you just look at the top line, you notice that like, okay, let's correlate the ad spend versus top line. Okay, by adding sponsor brand, I didn't notice that I got that much of an increase in, in you know top line. And this also happens with organic versus sponsored uh, products. So if you're organically ranked really high, sometimes adding a sponsored position in there results in you getting 10% more, more um, you know, uh, sessions, but spending 30% more, 40% more, resulting in a net loss. So that's one thing on the, on the ad side that I've noticed very commonly. And like you said, things are getting more sophisticated. There's a lot more advanced tools. Um, and I think that also is like a double-edged sword. Yes, there's new tools, things that are great, but also I feel like it can cause a distraction to a lot of people when the fundamentals are the same. You, you know, you're launching campaigns, you're essentially trying to get visibility on keywords, identify which one of which ones of those keywords you can spend money on and they'll convert profitably versus which ones you know you shouldn't spend money on because they're not converting profitably. Um, you know, a lot of people just get away from that and, and start leaning into more, let's do day parting, you know, like uh, when, when this Amazon marketing stream uh, rolled out, everyone was talking about day parting. And I'm like, guys, I've already tried day parting manually. I'm telling you this stuff, it's bullshit and the attribution is off and all this stuff. And they all tried it and no one really had any conclusive data. Um, a lot of people wasted money and, and you know, the, all these softwares obviously came out and said, we'll target, you know, the perfect time that you can optimize and do this and that. And at the end of the day, like when you just look at, you know, PPC spend and total sales and you start looking at, let me change one factor at a time and seeing the impact on total sales. That's when you start really making progress as opposed to trying to change, you know, multiple different things and hoping that, you you know, it's just going to go up. Your total sales are just going to go up. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it definitely can feel overwhelming. So I like that back to the basics. I know you got your start, Mina, in um, kind of the supplement space. So I, you know, I kind of jokingly said at the intro of this show, but I've always stayed away from that space just because I've seen so many uh, accounts that have gotten like just dealt with so much trouble either where they're squeezed out of the market and they don't have the money to spend to fight back 
or they're just getting their products taken down for claims or, you know, something like that. So I'm curious, like how you see the supplement world on Amazon these days. I don't, do you still have your brand or I don't know if you exited that or you still have it? No, it's still there. It's still there. I, I, ha awesome. I had another one that I started and exited, but the, my OG one, MMA Nutrition, still there. We still run it as it's as if it's one of our clients. Um, and it's like the opportunity for me to always find every single new thing that comes out on Amazon and test it, uh, you know, on that on that like account. Love it. Um, so it's been a great sandbox. Yeah, you talk about supplements. And, you know, I think a lot of people share the kind of the same feelings of like, you know, supplements are so competitive and, um, you know, like, how do you deal with so much competition? I think, I think it stems from something deeper. And the, the deeper thing is it's, it's only a lot of competition if you're not creating that much of a better product. But if you come up with a solution to the problem that's better than everyone else's solution and you have a review strategy and you you kind of understand okay right off the bat i can't go for those big keywords i'm going to go for those longer tail keywords uh but when i do go for those longer tail keywords which you know have uh lower search volumes easier cost per clicks not that many people you know not as many people are bidding on them cpcs aren't as high um you're able to like you know start carving out a piece of the market for yourself especially when you have a, a, a you know a really good product and so if you're considering like, okay, I, you know, I'm in the supplement space or I want to get into the supplement space and, you know, maybe you feel like it's not going to work out. If your product is definitely better than everyone else, if the price is in line, uh, you know, even if you can potentially be kind of on the lower range of pricing starting off, if you're able to get reviews, which by the way, one, one quick hack on how to get reviews, because you can get like 30 reviews from Vine, right? Um, try and get like... Um, you know, eight different variations from your manufacturer, uh, you know, as like samples, like say, hey, can you send me like 50 units of this like slight variation of the product and um, list them all at the same time. And you'll initially, you know, from Vine, you'll get 30 times eight, 240 reviews. Um, so that's a way to get reviews really fast from Vine. Use multiple variations. You never have to reorder those variations. Or maybe they, you know, one or two of them start selling well, and you're like, okay, cool. Let me like reorder more of that one. Um, but of course, make sure that you know your main one that you you know have plenty of stock for. Um, but yeah, I think a big big part of uh, like for me, if you go and look back at when I launched in 2018, I had the ugliest listing. It was a golden bag. It had like a sticker, it, like. I'm like, I don't even know why people bought it. Like, why why would people buy such a cheap product, uh, cheap looking product? And and I think there's no more room for that anymore. Uh, but if you do come up with a solution that's better than everyone else, you package it really nicely. And then you follow all like the, the you know, right, like fundamentals of Amazon, really good main image, really good listing images, selling uh, the product through the images, things like that. You should be 100% fine to, you know, we're launching supplements every day. Some of them, without really big budgets, you know, maybe a hundred dollars a day, $200 a day. And a lot of them are succeeding because the products are really good. And then the, some of them, you know, I'll talk to the founder and I'll say, listen, straight up, I have no confidence in your product. I don't see a reason why I would buy this one versus others. And they're like, no, you know, I think, you know, this and that I'm like, fine, whatever you want, it's your money. We give you our recommendation. And then, you know, after like months of bleeding and bleeding and they're like, okay, fine. Like, I, I think we should kill it. And I'm like, Dude, you know, it's, it's, people don't want it. Like people don't want to buy a, a, like a 200 review product, hundred review product that is just like 
the same as everything else, maybe inferior, maybe slightly better. Like you need to have a much better product because you're competing with, you know, someone who's not as good as you, but has 10,000, 20,000 reviews. Yeah, love it. I mean, it. let me ask you a question. Do you like pineapple on pizza if you even eat pizza? Oh, no, 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 no. That's a crime. After telling me you have a food scale, I'm worried you probably don't eat pizza. <laughs> no, I love pizza. I love pizza. I went to Italy and I ate pizza every day for like two and a half weeks. And so now I don't eat pizza anymore. Maybe maybe for <laughs> the next two years, I won't eat pizza. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the reason I ask if you do you like pineapple on pizza, though, or does it not have a place there? No. I hate it. I hate it. It's like, it doesn't, it's a crime to have pineapple on pizza. Okay. Good to know. The reason I ask is that we're, this is our controversial take section. So I like to ask all of our guests, what's one thing that they might believe that, um, other people in the industry might not believe or might have different thinking on. So I'm going to ask you that question. Is there anything that's more, maybe a controversial take that you have or a, a hill you're willing to die on, I guess, so to speak about something in the Amazon world? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, you already kind of saw the answer, right? Uh, it, it's uh, it's Amazon PPC software. I think, you know, I think software is good and bad, right? Like anything. Um, um, I think the good of, of software is that, you know, it is automatic. So they can do certain things um, that a human uh, might not catch, maybe because they're not working or it's the weekend or something like that. So I think PPC software can be a great guardrail. What I hate is the way that, software companies sell PPC software. They sell automation and AI like it's like this real thing when when deep down, you know, uh, um, we know that there's like not really that much AI. There's not really that much things being done. A lot of it is rule based, even when it is AI based. It's it's based on what it's you know, you, you, we don't even know what it's based on. They make it very complicated to understand what it's based on or they say that it takes into account everything. I had a conversation with software company the other day and they're like, yeah, we take into account everything. I'm like, you take into account conversion rate. They're like, yeah, we take that into account. I'm like, you take into account like competition. Yeah. We also aggregate the data, take that into account. I'm like, so you literally take into account everything. How? And it's like, yeah, you know, like the AI is constantly learning. I'm like, that's no, tell me the truth. Tell me how you're pulling all your, your competitors data. You literally have like API scraping, uh, you know, or bot scraping, uh, you know, the listings, downloading data from Helium 10, like, Tell me the truth. And so <clears throat> I think the problem is software companies, PPC software companies really pitch the fact that this automation is going to is the it, what is going to cause the improvement in people's brands when really it's not. Because if you think about it, let's say that, you, you know, your software can make a thousand changes a day, two thousand changes a day. We know that Amazon attribution is off. So you're making these thousand changes based on numbers that you're seeing that are wildly fluctuating and an uh, uh, an ACOS could be today 80%. Three days from now, that same exact keyword ACOS drops to 20% because someone purchased, but they, maybe it took a day for it to register or it took a day for them to purchase. So after one day they purchased. And so the, that product, that keyword went from an 80% ACOS to 20% ACOS. And now you just negatived or paused or lowered the bid on a keyword that was super profitable. And so because of, of these things, because of changing so many things and then trying to figure out what change caused a positive or negative impact on total sales, I don't think that, that software uh, like AI automation, making all those changes daily, real time, 
I don't think that has any value. Um, I, I think the value of software and how we've used software, uh, you know, and I'll shout out uh, Scale Insights for being a great partner uh, and, and, you know, helping us is guardrails. For a lot of brands, uh, you know, we set some guardrails. We say if a keyword spends, you know, X amount of dollars and no sales, added as a negative. Uh, you know, if a keyword uh, spends, uh, you know, or the ACOS is X amount, like over 80%, and, you know, it has less than two sales in the last 60 days, added as a negative. Um, like things like that, you know, it's, it's, so it's just like, okay, prevent overspending. Um, and then also, it's it's not making all of those changes that we were not unable to, you know, figure out. Like, it's like, okay, it's making one type of change, two types of change to prevent overspending. Um, it's not automatically launching campaigns. It's not increasing bids and decreasing bids and doing all of these things. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Why did my sales go up? I can't figure it out because I look at my history tab and there's a thousand five hundred changes yesterday alone. So um, that's that's kind of my topic. And and I I really I mean I admire what software companies are trying to do in this space. I just hate that their marketing is very very misleading and they are trying to sell people on. It's like they're kind of very similar to the gurus. Right. The gurus who, uh, you know, with the Lamborghinis that are like Amazon's passive income. All you need is one product generate 8K. You can buy it on Alibaba for two dollars, sell, sell it on Amazon for thirty dollars, makes eight thousand dollars a month. Join my course and I'll show you how to do this. And this is how I paid for my Lamborghini. And, you know, they sell you that dream. And that's what PPC software is doing. They're selling you that dream of plug in that software. We're going to, you know, look at all of these things and we're going to automatically change this and that. And it's going to grow. And I'm like. So your, you know, your software does that. Just go connect it to the stock market and, and, you know, make billions of dollars on the stock market. If that's how good your software is, you don't need to sell it for, you know, hundred dollars a month to, to Amazon sellers. And like, they, they know, I mean, I think deep down, they know, I think software will eventually get to a point where it's like software is, is empowering people to make decisions. Um, but like that automation and that like automated, uh, you know, sort of like we, we take all the actions for you. We use AI. Eventually people are going to find out. I mean, every time I hop on a call with someone, they're like, yeah, we came from this software company. Uh, we got burned. It didn't go well at all. Now we're looking for an agency. And I think after they churn enough people, people will start realizing that, okay, yes, software is cheaper, uh, but it costs more money in the long term because, you know, it, it's yeah, it's just you're you're you'll end up like losing more money versus and I'm not saying I'm not endorsing that you have to use an agency like mine. Do it yourself or, you know, have an employee or something, you know, but there needs to be that human element of looking at the data, interpreting the data, deciding, OK, what am I going to do? I'm going to pick one thing, one focus. I'm going to I'm going to try and scale. So I'm going to launch a few new campaigns, increase a few new new bids. OK, cool. It's a small section of things that I did. Did that result in an increase in revenue? Yes or no? And it's very controlled and it's that discipline as opposed to let's change 600 things. I, I heard Mina talk in this podcast about optimizing main image, price changes, adding subscribe and save discounts. Cool. Let me do six things and then see if my total sales go up or down. You And, and that's what I struggled with when I first started. I essentially heard everything, implemented all at once. And then I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't deduce anything. So I'm like, okay, fine. Let me go back. Let me just implement one of those things. And I would implement and then wait and watch the result. I'm like, okay, cool. Take, taking notes. And I did that again and again and again and again. And over the course of the years, I figured out, you know, certain things that I feel work and, and I feel that don't work. But then again, they are not truths or laws. They're just hypotheses. And I have to, you know, test them every single time. And I say, okay, cool. We're taking over this new account. 
our hypothesis is if we take these keywords uh, you know search terms that we found in the search term report that were profitable launch them in their own campaigns with a slightly higher cost per click or a slightly higher bid than the cost per click we should hypothetically generate more sales let's test it and we test it monitor it it works amazing it doesn't work okay move on to the next thing mina love it you've got a uh, high energy a lot of knowledge I mean, it, I feel like we could talk for another like two or three hours. Well, I, let me just say it. I, I could let you talk for another two or three hours because you've got a lot to go on. I want to be respectful of your time, though. So um, definitely a controversial take, by the way. It's great to hear. It. Um, I want to turn it around to you for a second. If people want to get in touch or learn more, um, where can they find you or where's the best place to reach out to you? Yeah, I think um, my Instagram at the Mina Elias and LinkedIn is Mina Elias, M-I-N-A-E-L-I-A-S. Um, hit me up for uh, our Amazon growth toolbox, which is essentially, uh, you know, my entire company's uh, toolbox of all our macros, Excel spreadsheets, you know, uh, um, keyword uh, campaign creation sheets, deduplication, <clears throat> merging like Cerebro with the search query performance report with, uh, you know, search term report, identifying profitable search terms, not profitable search terms, adding negatives at scale. Everything, you know, profitability calculator guides, YouTube videos, any, anything useful, we store in that toolbox. And um, you know, we give it away for free to everyone who's, you know, trying to succeed on their journey on Amazon. So hit me up for the toolbox or, you know, go visit the website. It's triviumco.com. Uh, we have it there, too. Uh, and if there's anything I can do to help, uh, just let me know. Cool. Love it, man. Um, for those of you watching, listening, we'll put links to anything Mina just mentioned down below in the description or show notes as well. So you can find them there. But uh, with that being said, Mina, thank you again for coming on and, and dropping all the wisdom. Um, we definitely need to have you back. All right. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks again to Mina of Trivium Group for joining us today. Hope that tonight's episode brought you some kind of insights or strategies that you found valuable. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in to the Amazon Strategy Show and spending your time with us. If you did find some kind of value in today's discussion we kindly request that you rate review our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google wherever you might listen to it or on youtube uh your feedback definitely helps us out and it helps us reach more e-commerce enthusiasts just like yourself don't forget also to follow us on our social media pages for updates behind the scenes content and more you can find the links to everything talked about in this show including those social links in our description or in the show notes so that's it for today's episode make sure to mark your calendars we're going to be back again next week with another captivating discussion and uh, we're also going to be bringing more expert insights, more game-changing tips from some of our amazing guests. So without further ado, um, this has been your host signing off and wishing you a happy selling.